New Amsterdam Radio starts now. Hello, everyone. It's Flippa Boys, and I'm back in the booth, in the office, or the corner of my bedroom where I make the magic happen. This is New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives, people like yourself that are working on something great, whether it's in their mind or on their hearts. And as always, this episode, you know, the other episodes are available wherever you're streaming podcasts. I'm a Spotify guy myself, but iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, all of that good stuff. Uh, thanks so much for hitting me up on social media, at Voice on Twitter, uh, in the DMs, if you will, with questions about your projects and how uh, I approach my creation of craft. And and I'm being able to share my insights there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe I should have like a Q&A episode just to get some of the questions I've been getting and, and just have like a blanket answer for all of those. But maybe that's along the line. But today's episode, uh, I'm sitting with Josh Tariff. Uh, you may know him, or you may not, <laughs> but we've crossed paths on my digital efforts a bunch of times throughout the year. So uh, if you're familiar with uh, my social media accounts or my shows, you may notice that me and Josh have a bit of a working relationship that stretches back almost a decade, if not a little more, in professional wrestling in Southern California. He's a host, sports fanatic, and an all-around all around this nice guy. I got a chance to sit with him recently uh, just to pick his brain about his approach to his craft. Now, of course, like most episodes and most interviews, this interview here is abridged, but the unabridged version is available on, on Patreon. So please be a member of the Boisterous crew at patreon.com slash voice to hear this interview and see this interview in its entirety because Patreon subscribers do get the video presentation as well. Without further ado, it's Josh Tariff and it's UAM Sam Radio and everything is happening right now. Hello everyone, New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. We go to see the how and the why. Once again, it's Lobo Boys hanging out downtown in the mayor's office with a man that people think we've known each other for like a year. It's not true. We're almost like hitting a decade. This guy is a wrestling commentator. This guy is an improv star and he is a host and pundit digital content creator. Get over the man. I guess now I can call Josh Tariff. Josh, how you doing, man? Flobo, my man, this is true. We are we are decade plus in of putting up with each other. Yeah. And um, no, it's um, thank you for having me on the show. I you know I always love getting to chat and hang out with you, and oh. just you know excited to be here, excited to hang out in New Amsterdam. I've heard there are a lot of you know things that are illegal in other places in the world <laughs> that are legal in New Amsterdam. So I'm I'm intrigued. By, by what's in store um, on this show. Uh, I like the fact that you are improv trained, but then you decided to like work on the craft and, and teach the craft to others. Like talk me to that, like understanding what to be good at something in the creative arts so much that you're willing to pivot and start teaching others. Well, it's interesting because I did not start teaching others about improv until I started teaching um, classes for wrestling students in promo and character work oh. where then that's where it really clicked in me showing how wrestling and improv are so much more similar than so many people realize okay. because you know a wrestling match you can um, just throw in random names out there you have Daniel Bryan in the ring against whoever you consider to be the worst wrestler on the roster. And 
it's going to turn out to be a much better match than you expected because you have such low expectations for that other guy and such high expectations for Dan O'Brien, and he's helped able to carry up to a certain level with that other person. Right. In, in improv, it's it's it can be very similar to that. You have two people on stage that have to work together, that have to support each other, that have to tell a story to gravitate and keep you know the uh, fans' attention. And you know sometimes you're going to have a much more experienced improviser on stage with someone who might be a student and they have to help bring this person up. Likewise, you know, then they have to try to maintain to keep it. And it's really kind of fascinating to see with that. But so I've, I've been working in the wrestling business about four months longer than I've been in the world of improv. Like they both started really around the same time. I occasionally would take a class um, you know, here or there at like different performing arts schools and camps that I grew up with. Cause I actually have my, I have my bachelor's and my master's in music. So really? I've always, yeah. Did you not know that? I did not know that. Like music theory, music history, performance arts, like before this interview, Flavo, come on, you should, uh, <laughs> I have other facts. I have other facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in music performance. So like, I've always been a performer and I started with the music cause that's, kind of with my my family that's just kind of was a niche with me but i loved wrestling obviously and i loved making people laugh and you know as i started to get older i would try to figure out okay how can i start trying to intertwine these things and obviously there's show whose line is that anyway which i found to be one of the most brilliant tv shows ever created in my personal opinion just because there's no script. It's and do you have I have no idea what it was. Do you have like the UK, the US version, the US version of Elite Tyler? Like what like do you have a oh, version you prefer? The like the mid to late nineties US with Drew Carey, Wayne Brady, Ryan Styles, Colin Mockery, uh Brad Sherwood, Stephen Colbert was on it, uh, a number of other improvisers Greg that Bruce. I'm not thinking of. Greg <laughs> oh, how can I forget Greg Bruce? Smartest man in the world. And, um I mean I still time to time my YouTube like in my recommended area always has different clips of who's on his way. Cause I'll always watch it because yeah. it captivated me so much then. So I learned a little bit of short form improv then, but then as I got older discovered, there's this whole other type of improv called long form improv mm-hmm. where the short form, like who's line, you get a suggestion, go for a couple minutes, play a game. That's the scene over. You move on long form. You get a suggestion and you just go yeah. for, you know, 20, 30, 45. My personal longest was WrestleMania in San Jose. I did a wrestling theme improv show for two hours. Woo. Off one suggestion. Yikes. Dolph Ziggler was exhausted because he was in that show too. Oh, and- <laughs> yeah. You went to an um, Iron Man match of improv with Dolph Ziggler. I did, I did an Iron Man with, with Dolph. And maybe, we'll call it a draw. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean... Kind of go back. Improv, improv helps so much in wrestling with the character development because you have to listen to what you know the crowd goes. Now you have you know your your script per se, but things go awry between what the crowd happens, what might happen in a match, and you have to be quick on your feet. The commentators have to be quick on their feet. The wrestlers have to be quick on their feet. The referee has to be quick on their feet, and um and so. Being loose 
in your mind. Yeah. Really helps with that. I my favorite saying that I like the saying that I live by. My high school music teacher, my high school band director, he would tell us before every concert six words: heart on fire, brain on ice. Hmm. And I, that is like my motto for life, because yeah. if if I'm in a performance and I don't have something done by instinct, it's not going to happen in the show because I'm sure. not going to stay up here. I'm just going to feel with whatever's happening. Yeah. And that that goes in music, that goes in hosting, it goes in improv, it goes in wrestling, it goes with everything. Uh, so so let's talk about your wrestling career, because you had sure. some tenure in there, and uh, whatever or not you are, Christian Rosenberg, or Jeff Peanut Butter or D-Evil, uh, you ran the gamut of the different kinds of characters you performed in there. Now, you mm -hmm. mentioned before the similarity between improv and professional wrestling, which is great, but the question I have for you is about longevity. How do you keep yourself fresh as a performer doing some, doing the biz for so long? Have you not washed out or become jaded or be like, oh, I'm done with this. This is not my thing anymore. You know, that is a fantastic question because about six months ago, I was having that exact feel. Look, um, like pre-pandemic. Pre so right around the beginning of the year, I, w I was having those, those same thoughts. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, end of this month, so end of September – again, Mark's 15 years, you know, that I've been in the, in the wrestling business and they haven't kicked me out yet, which just blows my mind. <laughs> it's a giant glass door. Get out. <laughs> I, I've, I've been waiting for someone to throw me out of it. But, but so, so it's funny because I started just being Josh Tariff, not really knowing what type of gimmick I was going to be. I was thrown on a show as color commentator, just Josh Tariff, be a smart ass, I'm good at that. Sure. Fine. I then get to another show. I won't drag into all like the stories with it, but long story short, they, uh, Chris Kloss uh, from XPW and, um, and oh my God, it's escaping me now. The Wrestling Society X fame uh, from MTV, that cult classic. He, he was the play by play. I was the color commentator for that, for this particular promotion. And he wanted to give me a name. And apparently, based on how I dressed, I reminded him of Chris Rose, the baseball analyst. Oh. So from that, he gave me the name Christian Rosenberg. Right. And, and shortly after that, though, there wasn't much commentary going on in 2005, 2006. And I kind of just fell into refing. And so people just started calling me Christian Rosenberg, but I was a referee. So not really much of a gimmick because I'm just working as a ref. Right. Then around 2011... I branch off of refing because now independent wrestling has production. They got some technology. Now they can do some commentary. So I'm making a switch back into that, still being Christian Rosenberg, but still kind of dressing and acting like myself, but still going by my wrestling name. Then around 2013, when I started After Buzz, that's where in meetings with, with our buddy Kevin Undergaro, <laughs> It kind of triggered on, well, yeah, if I'm an on-screen character, I need to branch out more. And and Kevin actually told me, Beth, the first meeting I ever had with Kevin Undergaro, he he sat and told me, he said, because you're wanting to be an on-screen persona. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who 
is be much better on camera than off. You don't want me producing or editing or writing anything. Sure. Put me in front of a camera. Give me a microphone. That's what I do best. Right. And and he said, okay, well, right now you look like a writer. You need to look like a performer. Mm. And so then we were like, you know, kind of throwing some ideas around. What can we do to make Christian Rosenberg stand out a little more? And that's where all of a sudden I adapted and really for the first time at that point, really changed my persona. I started being much louder and was wearing the, the rose shirts, like yeah. all the Western rose shirts yeah. um, and becoming extremely cocky, a fast talker, um, you know, Calling, calling my fans Rosebuds before Adam Rose. Sure, it was uh, before Adam Rose. Whatever. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dave Meltzer reported on it. Uh, I don't like Meltzer, but that's one thing I like. Don't be that he reported. He rep <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, my whole wrestling gimmick just completely took off. And all of a sudden... People weren't wanting me to be the commentator more. They're like, I want you to manage this guy. I want you to be the boss. I want you to be the cocky, egotistical owner of this company. I want you to manage stable. I want you to, you know, cut a promo for this. And all of a sudden, I'm the one who's not on the commentary mics. I'm on the live mic in front of the crowd, really getting making them hate the heels and put them over the beta faces. Mm -hmm. And for years this felt great and then you know you go for a while and the wave is riding great and feeling good and everything's going right and things over time make changes so all of a sudden the cocky guy who's a heel eventually has to make the turn and mm -hmm. now i'm still a cocky guy but a good guy and happy and happy with the fans and that was going great too but again it runs its course and it's just like well, I can now go back to heel. I mean, I can kind of wait back and forth, but it's just like, mm, is this where I really want to be? So all of a sudden, I was kind of around late, you know, mid-late 2019, kind of reaching that impasse of what you're talking about. Yeah. And thankfully, I had the outlet of Brian Kendrick's Wrestling Pro Wrestling, okay. where he just had all these completely random ideas. Um, like, you know, D-Evil, so he... Brian asked me for my first show, like to go there. He said, bring a suit. I'm like, okay, I'll bring a suit. But I also brought one of my Rosenberg shirts. Cause I'm just like, you know, it's been a while since I've worked a show with him. He, we, we worked independent shows before, so we knew each other, yeah. but it was like, maybe he kind of forgot about the Rosenberg gimmick. So I'll bring one of my Rose shirts, but I'll bring a suit too. And you know, we'll see what he wants me to do for this show. Cause I'm brand, you know, brand new to this particular company, so it might be something different, which would be fun. Right. I show up, I show up. He hands me red face paint and says, "You're the devil." Like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. And but I brought a suit. What do you mean? <laughs> he's just like, yeah, you're gonna be in the suit, but you're gonna have your face face red, and 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 then you know that grew into. The D evil gimmick, which was just so much fun because I was I was a heel, which it's always fun to be a heel, but this was just the over-the-top evil laughter, 100 percent no one believes this is real bad guy. Yeah. 
Were that you like just, doing like the wiping your hands while doing your promos? <laughs> like one of those things? Well, so I wore, I also had, part, I, and I developed this over time. Yeah. I wore one red glove. Of course you did. Yeah. And <laughs> and if you if you shook that hand, I I controlled your mind. I, you made like you made a deal with the devil. Oh. So it was voluntary. Just, uh, if I if I got the hand, then I'm controlling you. So and, and it became a whole thing of like it was shake my hand was my catchphrase in wrestling pro wrestling for a year. Wow. And it was and it was this bizarre gimmick that got over because everyone's just like, no, don't shake his hand. Cause they're playing along with it. But like they're having so much fun. And eventually, you know, that gimmick ran its course, but now all of a sudden, all right, that finished. And so Brian's like, um all right, and at that point I was wearing all black. The suit was just really the very first time. And all black with a red face paint and the red glove. Now that gimmick is dead. And Kendrick comes to the next show, bring a suit. So again, he's having me bring a suit. But then he told me, he's like, you're probably going to be like the interviewer or ring announcer. And I'm reaching a point of, oh, well, should I go by Christian Rosenberg? Should I just go by Josh Tariff? Yeah. Should I have some new name? Like, I wonder what I should do. And before I could talk to him about it, I show up, he hands me a wig, and he says, your name is Jeff Peanut Butter, and you're our reporter. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the, I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I have never been more over in my 15-year career. <laughs> than wearing a wig as Jeff Peanut Butter. Then all I'm doing is wearing a wig and being so monotonous. So, so let me ask you this, man, with, with so many different like angles and approaches, your music background and wrestling and improv, like, is there, is it unfair to ask this question? Do you have a dream job or is it just kind of like just floating through and acquiring uh, aptitudes? Like what, what is the goal for, for the Josh Tower brand? No, no, that's, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad question at all because that's a question that I know my parents have asked me since I was a kid. <laughs> uh, many people have asked me that question and, and really my answer does not please them. Um, Go on. When, no, yeah, and when someone asks me, what is my goal? Like, what's what's the end goal? Like, what, with all these things going on, what does Josh Tariff want to accomplish? It, it's going to sound very egotistical, but I'll explain what it is. I want to be immortalized. And what I mean by that is, I'm never going to be, and I know this, I'm not going to be, the greatest ever at blank. Right. I'm not. Right. And no one should ever think they're going to be because there's always going to be someone better than them at whatever it is. But I want, if someone is looking up things about like history or different facets of improv or, or different facets of wrestling or different facets of hosting or different facets of, I'm a huge poker nut or different facets of sports commentary. Like, these are all different avenues that I'm going in. If someone all of a sudden is pulling out a book or going online and studying something, I want my name to somehow pop up in there. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, like if I'm poker, like poker is just like looking at the history of people who won like a World Series of Poker event. There's my name in there amongst a list of, of all the others. So I'm working on trying to be a great, 
you know, wrestling analyst and commentator, and they're looking stuff up. Here, like Josh was Josh Eric, best known for this, 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 and this. Right. I want I want I want to be able to leave some type of mark that people will hopefully remember and learn off of to then make the future of whatever it is that they find about my my field even better than how I had it. Well, I like we, 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 like we learn stuff like as a manager, we learn uh, from Bobby, we learn from Paul Heyman. Right. So, you know, like people take things from that in hopes that they want to do something big. And then from there, maybe someone else, when they're looking them up, they also look them up mm. and go from there. That's what I want. Don't you feel that that'll put you in a position to keep moving the goalposts? Like, oh, I'm only in one article. I want, I want three. Or I'm only in one avenue. I want six. Does that become like a, a chasing windmill type situation? It, it, it can. And, and it does at times. Um, you know, and you and I have had this conversation, you know, like privately before. I mean, I've, I've been so blessed and lucky enough to be in a position that I've been in with so many years of things in wrestling on meeting and interviewing so many legends in wrestling that people would pay thousands upon thousands of dollars just to be able to spend time and talk with them. And I'm just hanging out with them with a microphone doing a job. Yeah. And, and there are so many people that, that idolize that, but there are times where like, well, yeah, but I'm not being recognized for it. And yeah, and you're right. And that, and that, and sometimes all the mindset where that's pushing a goalpost back because it's like, like, yeah, you're, you're looking up these interviews because you're, you're fans of that particular person and you should, because you want to hear more about that. But I want from people to find those, I want to be like, Oh, well, this guy, all right, they like this wrestler, but you know what? This interviewer is doing really well. Who else has he interviewed? Let's look for his things. And then they'll find other people that they might like from that and branch and expand from there. Um, so, I mean, it's tough. It, it, is it never ending? To an extent, it is. But that's also, like, you know, the thrill is in the chase, right? It's all about the journey. Most times it and, is. And, you know, one day, whenever it's it's all done, I'll be able to look back on it and and say, you know, like, okay, well, you know, at this point, did I make the mark? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But look at everything that I've done. And already I can go back and look at everything I've done. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm starting to kind of get ready to be, I'm getting closer to that midlife crisis point in my life where. I'm already there, in, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Come in, the water's yeah. fine. <laughs> Oh, you're tw- you're 27 also. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just you know one of those things of where well let's see, you know where it keeps taking me because I'm not ready to leave and hang on my hat anytime soon. Yeah, and that that is absolutely true. I want to talk to you about your offerings. I know we were both at AfterBuzz TV and they've mm-hmm. been on hiatus, quote unquote, in July. Um, whatever you think, how final it is, it's up to you. Everyone has their own opinion about that. Mm-hmm. But I am kind of impressed about how you decided to jump in feet first, head first, side first, cannonball into creating your own platform, your own brand. Josh talks. 
flagship program, sitting down with actual people in the wrestling industry. Uh, how does that, walk me through that from your perspective, starting a YouTube channel, starting with a, a nice high concept idea like Josh Talks, an interview program, and how are you building from there? Well, so it was an idea that I had for, for a little while because I had some people um, you know, in, in certain places that I'm not going to name, uh, that were actually were asking me, it's just like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we saw you, saw you with some more one-on-one, uh, things. Yeah. And cause I love doing, you know, like the recap shows when I would host after Buzz Smackdown for, you know, I did over 600 episodes of after Buzz, uh, seven and a half years. I done by far more wrestling shows than anyone else there. Yes, you have. It's it is kind of insane, and and um and it wasn't because I had nothing better to do. It was just because <laughs> I loved I loved being there. I loved being part of a team, um, and most of the time leading that team. But you know, us just having fun and making fun of each other, but really still being serious and breaking down things when needed and make the pivotal points when necessary. Uh, but some people wanted to see, okay, well, how do you do on your own? And it's just like, well, I, I know I can do things on my own. Um, it's just a matter of the type of setup. So, so then it was one of those things of, okay, well, what can I do there? I can try to have some type of setup and came up with ideas. Well, honestly, I know lots of people in the wrestling business from all, all my years working in it. I can see if I can get some to do some some interviews, and you know, and see what and see what comes out of it. And I was originally trying to do it at Afterbuzz, so I had the professional studio set up. Right. But um, I won't get into money the details with it. But but it was a situation where they um, they pretty much were deciding to not let me do the show there because they would not let they would not film something that was not their project. Right. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's, it's their, it's their facilities. I can't tell them what to do. And so, so it is what it is. So then I started trying to look for other avenues on where I can find like a professional looking space and try to record things. And I was thinking of trying to do it when people came into town, then COVID happened and we're all just sitting at home. It's just like, well, I got to get something done for these people. Uh, good times with Josh Tariff. And if you want to check out Josh and everything he's working on and his shows, Josh Talks and 100 Questions, uh, hit him up on social media at Josh underscore Tariff. Uh, not the word underscore, the actual symbol underscore Josh underscore Tariff. Uh, people say the dad joke is he must be an accountant, but he's not true. He is an entertainer and he's only going to get bigger from here. That's all the time for me. On this edition of New Amsterdam Radio, NewAmsterdam.com, the podcast for the creatives. The city is yours. Welcome, citizen. And I just may actually do that Q&A episode. I don't know when or where, but I'm, I'm like ignited. I'm triggered in a good way to make that happen. Until next time, you know the deal. Uh, if you have an idea, share it with a friend because you may not know who you might build together.